Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. Janet Adkison here with you this week, and we are joined by Ben Travlos. Ben is the Director of State Legislative Affairs with the Missouri Farm Bureau, and Ben is heading into his busy season, needless Absolutely. to say. Ben, uh, the session is underway here for 2024, and as usual, you've hit the ground running. Yep, yep. So the state legislative session kicked off uh, this past Wednesday, so state legislators from across the state descended, if you will, upon the state capitol to kick off the state legislative session. And uh, they'll be in until May 17th to work on uh, priority issues uh, important to both them and the constituents until about May 17th is the last day of session. And so uh, the, the hope always is, is to have priority issues uh, be chauffeured through the mm-hmm. uh, sometimes tedious legislative process and ultimately find their way to the governor's desk for is John Hancock. <laughs> so we'll see what the next few months have in store for us. Uh, if you were going to maybe assign a flavor to this session, what would it be? <laughs> yeah, um, this this upcoming session, a lot of people that work in the Capitol and state legislators themselves are, uh, quite honestly, pretty pessimistic uh, and pretty, there's a cynical outlook, if you will, on this upcoming state legislative session. And there's a lot of uh, reasons being cited as to why, but one of the main ones that I'll discuss today is just the the reality that 2024 is a big election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this later this year, there's going to be a a variety of statewide offices that'll be uh, up for election for voters to decide. And quite honestly, there's uh, a lot of current office holders that are vying for these positions. And so, if you will. While they're working in the state capitol on these priority issues, they're also competing with one another outside the walls of the capitol. And so it just kind of creates this, this dysfunctional dynamic, if, mm-hmm. if you will. And it's it's the unfortunate reality of what we're dealing with. Uh, but at the same time, you know, at Missouri Farm Bureau, we're, we're known for bringing the conversation back to the underlying policy. We want to talk about the underlying issues that are facing Missouri's farmers, ranchers, and and all Missouri citizens for that matter. And so uh, where politics meets policy, we're always going to be trying to turn the conversation back to the policy. What is the underlying discussion? What are the the solutions out there that we can hopefully address some of these issues through the legislative process. And of course, on the policy front, uh, something that we have talked about extensively through the Missouri Farm Bureau is our our goal to try and get health plans moved through. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is our A number one priority. Uh, so one of the biggest challenges facing farmers and ranchers and any sole proprietor for that matter is access to affordable quality health coverage. Uh, the reality is, is that for those that don't qualify for Affordable Care Act subsidies, they're falling into this donut hole in which they, they don't have options. And so you see a, a variety of, of scenarios occurring where you've got uh, an individual that's paying the astronomical premium, or there's a spouse working off the farm solely for benefits like health insurance, or uh, even more terrifying, there's quite a few scenarios in which people are opting to go without coverage altogether. Mm-hmm. To address that, there have been eight states that have received legislative approval for the State Farm Bureau to offer a niche product, a health plan. And Tennessee Farm Bureau has been doing this for 75 years now, over 75 years. And uh, again, it does not work for everyone. It operates very similarly to what we had prior to the Affordable Care Act. But the the beauty of it is that for those it does work for, it's about a 30% premium reduction compared to unsubsidized ACA options out there Mm -hmm. to them. And so we're not taking any options away from 
what is currently available today, but it's just creating another option for those that fall into this donut hole. And it's really a, it's a balancing act, if you will, mm -hmm. between affordability and coverage. And so uh, this is our A number one priority. Again, eight states uh, have passed legislation for this thus far. And, um, you know, again, we point to Tennessee because they've been doing it the longest, but they've got a 98% retention rate. Mm -hmm. And so that, to me, in of itself, speaks to the quality of these plans. Absolutely. Well, definitely be a lot of our conversation, I know, moving through here uh, for the next few months. Uh, moving over to private property rights, that obviously has always been a big topic mm -hmm. for Missouri Farm Bureau and beyond Missouri borders. Yes. Yeah. I mean, private property rights is always going to be, be a top priority for our organization. And I mean, that's largely because there's nothing more fundamental to owning and operating a farm than property rights. And so this is always going to be top of mind. And, you know, where most of the conversation around property rights really resides today is uh, pertaining to utility related projects. And so, uh, for example, high voltage electrical transmission lines. This is something that our organization uh, has been working on for, for years now. And the truth is, is what we're seeing right now is, if you will, a, a green web of federal incentives being pushed down onto the states, incentivizing some of these more green energy related projects. And the truth is, is right, wrong, or indifferent, these projects have a direct impact on private property rights. And so we obviously, Missouri Farm Bureau members have a variety of adopted policies uh, concerning uh, these, these utility projects. And there are uh, a few different bills that we're working on. Um, that we worked on last year and that we're working on this upcoming session to try to address some of these issues as it impacts property rights. Now, if we look beyond things or even look behind, I guess you could say this mm -hmm. last year, uh, there was some investment in Missouri infrastructure that was made. Mm -hmm. And we love to hear that. It's great to see some progress taking place. But of course, there's other areas that we need to strengthen up our infrastructure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So this last session, um, the legislature took the, the leadership uh, to address hard infrastructure matters. And what I mean by that is uh, roads and bridges, for uh -huh. example. Interstate 70 was a huge, uh, huge topic of conversation this last session in 2023. And Missouri Farm Bureau, we were one of the, the main organizations at the table pushing for uh, the improvement and expansion of Interstate 70 to six lanes, building that extra lane in the median wherever possible to uh, limit the impact on private property rights. Uh, but the legislature actually approved that $2.8 billion to improve and expand Interstate 70 from uh, Kansas City all the way over to St. Louis, mm -hmm. which is really unprecedented. Honestly, the legislature normally doesn't take that type of action uh, on road projects like that. Um, but as always, even though we were supportive of Interstate 70 and uh, our members actually did just at our most recent annual meeting adopt policy in support of improving and expanding Interstate 44 as well, we're always going to prioritize rural road funding. And, you know, while, yes, we we support the interstate mm -hmm. uh, infrastructure, we got to be able to get to the interstate. Mm -hmm. And so prioritizing our rural roads uh, wherever possible, both through the legislative process and through working with uh, MoDOT commissioners um, is always going to be top of mind for, for our organization. And also to point out, you know, it's not just about getting into product to market, but it's also about safety on these two lane roads. Absolutely. Some of them leave a lot to be desired as far as when it comes to safety. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our farmer member families, I mean, they're, they're driving their kids mm -hmm. from the farm to school every day. 
on these roads that are riddled with potholes. And so one action that the the legislature has done the last couple of years is um, in 2022 and in 2023, they invested $100 million into low volume and minor routes, which again is pretty unprecedented. Normally that's done through MoDOT funding um, and not through the legislative process. But that just goes to show that these are, are real core issues that um, everyone agrees needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And so we hope to continue that investment. We're going to continue advocating uh, for investments such as that. Obviously, $100 million is not going to fill every pothole in the state of Missouri, but <laughs> hopefully it's a, a chipping away at that iceberg to ensure, like you said, the, the safety of our, our roads in the rural areas, but also so we can get our, our product to market. Now, of course, this does not cover everything that's on our priority list for the year ahead or the, the session ahead. But um, touching on another uh, couple that have come back around, uh, initiative petition reform, that's mm-hmm. definitely been a topic. Yes, absolutely. This was a hot topic this last session and the, the previous sessions as well. I do believe it's going to be a, a, another topic this upcoming session. There's a variety of bills that have been pre-filed already to address uh, the initiative petition process. And at Missouri Farm Bureau, we definitely do believe that it should be difficult to amend our state's constitution. It should not uh, be as easy as what it currently is. And so we do believe in uh, modernizing the initial petition process, if you will. At our most recent uh, annual meeting in December, our members also adopted policy in support of concurrent majority ratification um, to to support that method of reforming the initial petition process. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I do go back to um, this upcoming session has a lot of tension intertwined with it. So we will see if uh, the initial petition proposals will gain traction or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is that is a, a top of mind issue for Missouri Farm Bureau members. And another one, at least bird's eye view, foreign ownership of agriculture land. We're in the uh, election cycle for electing the governor. It's been a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're talking politics, by all means, uh, where are where is Missouri Farm Bureau's move, move forward? Sure. Yeah. So this has been a, a hot topic for the last couple of years. Uh, so currently in the state of Missouri, there is a 1% cap on agricultural lands that are allowed to be owned by foreign entities. Missouri Farm Bureau members, we have a longstanding adopted policy calling for the reduction of that 1% cap. Um, at our most recent annual meeting, they did uh, members did clarify that policy a little more by saying we do not support divestiture and we want to make sure that uh, agricultural research is protected. And so that was adopted at our most recent annual meeting. Again, this is a, a hot topic. It was discussed uh, at length in the 2023 state legislative session, do fully anticipate it to be discussed uh, even more this upcoming session. But uh, again, our, our members do call for the reduction of that 1% cap. And Ben, just for clarification, because some folks may be listening in who aren't completely understand what we're talking about. Whenever you're talking about they don't support the idea of divestiture, what are you talking about? Ben? Yeah, so basically allowing there to be a grandfather clause, if mm-hmm. you will. So there, again, there is currently a 1% cap on agricultural land in the state of Missouri that's allowed to be owned by foreign entities. Uh, so there currently is some agricultural land in the state of Missouri that is owned by foreign entities. Now, what the members clarified at the most recent annual meeting is that what is currently owned today, they don't want to see that have to be divested upon. Um, and so that was a clarification that the members made. And that comes down to some of these facilities. It, it's facilities, not just mm-hmm. farm ground that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about significant employers that are already in place and are already significant part of these communities. Yes, yes. I mean, there's there's examples. My mind goes to 
uh, Mercer County, for uh-huh. example, uh, where there's um, where that one of the main economic drivers is the hog facilities up there. I mean, there's a significant amount of people that work uh, in those facilities as well as, I mean, quite honestly, that's what drives a lot of the basis for the row crop producers in those surrounding areas. And so for areas like that is why um, the members clarified that position. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, as we said, the legislative session is getting started. It's underway now and only four or five more months to go. Just just a couple. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I do really want to highlight. Um, so we have a, a weekly program in which we uh, have Missouri Farm Bureau members come in on a weekly basis to meet with their respective legislators, our Capital Connections program. And so for members listening in on this podcast, please reach out to your regional coordinator to come to the state capitol to uh, work on these uh, priority issues that are important to you and all Missouri Farm Bureau members. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, our strength is our grassroots and uh, legislators always want to hear from their farmer and rancher members. Ben, you know, there's a there's got to be some folks who, well, I don't have time to do that. You've seen it firsthand as far as farmers and ranchers coming in and sitting down and talking with the legislators. What kind of spark do you see take place when they actually do have that conversation in person? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes all the difference in the world, honestly, whenever somebody is taking time out of their busy schedules, especially farmers and ranchers uh, who are always busy, but especially in the springtime, uh, whenever they take time out of their busy schedules to leave the farm, to come to the state capitol and go to their respective legislators' offices, the legislators see that and they recognize that and they they see that, okay, this is important enough for this this constituent of mine to leave their operation and come here to my office to talk to me about this issue. It's really important then. And so it really does make all the difference in the world. It's an honor and privilege to be able to to represent Missouri Farm Bureau members in the state capitol, but I guarantee you any legislator would much prefer to hear from their farmer and rancher constituent over me as the hired gun. <laughs> <laughs> they see you all the time. It's great to change up faces sometimes. Now, if folks are interested in doing that, what's the first step that they need to do to participate in Capital Connection? Yep, you need to reach out to your uh, respective regional coordinator, uh, or you can call call me directly if you, if you want, and we'll... Uh, Figure out when works best for you. We uh, primarily uh, bring members in on Tuesdays for the Capital Connections program, but the the main uh, and best step to take is to reach out to your respective regional coordinator. All right. Well, Ben, thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Again, talking with Ben Travelos. He is Director of State Legislative Affairs with the Missouri Farm Bureau. Joining us for Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau.